Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to talk about telling the truth to yourself because, you know, people lie to themselves. I don't know if you've ever caught yourself lying to yourself, but I certainly have. And in fact, I think sometimes we tell ourselves lies more than we even tell other people lies, unless we're trapped in that habitual lying thing to other people. But almost everyone convinces themselves of things that are not true. So we're going to talk about that and what to do with that. But first, as is custom here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we're going to talk about a fun family activity. What type of a family activity do you want to talk about today, Paige? Well, since we are recording in the month of February... Uh, something that we love to do is we love to heart attack people. Um, don't take that the wrong way. Let me explain. So um, heart attacking, if you don't know what that is, you cut out paper hearts and you go and cover either like a person's front door or their car. I remember there was one time we heart attacked my grandma's car. It was super fun. Um, and we wrote sweet notes all over the hearts. And it was just a great way for us to show that we loved that person and that we cared about them. And I know I always have a lot of fun because it's, you know, you try and do it in secret so they don't know. And um, it makes for a fun activity. It is so much fun. In fact, I used to heart attack dad's car all the time. And that just gives me the message that I should do that. Like when you were little, you probably don't remember this, but when you were little, uh, we used to like sometimes drive to dad's work and He'd be in working and we'd heart attack the car and then he'd come out and there'd be all these messages all over. And (laughs) anyway, it's just a really fun thing to do to show love to other people. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. And I know I did it even when I was on um, a service mission for our church and we did it to one of the people that we were teaching and sharing with. And she came home. She's like, oh, my gosh, guys, this is so cute. Thank you. I needed this today. And so you never know when people need a little extra love. So true. So true. We all need that. And you know what? Sometimes we don't give it to ourselves. Sometimes we tell ourselves lies that end up feeling like we don't love ourselves a lot. So let's talk about our, our topic. Today, I don't know. Is- convincing myself that I need that extra chocolate covered almond. That sounds like a lot of awesome self-love right there. <laughs> self-love, maybe, depending, depending <laughs> on how, on, on which way you're wanting the love to go right then, right? Like, wait, Shoot, do I love myself to the I tell myself no? Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we look at everything that we talk about through the lens of self-government. When a person governs themselves, they look at a whole situation. They look, they look ahead. They keep a long view of who they are, who they're becoming, who their family is, the people in the, their relationships. They don't get trapped in the short term, that, that immediate, detailed, short view That doesn't mean they don't see details. They do, but they choose to say, wait a minute, this isn't the end of my story. 
I don't have to just be stuck here. I'm going to continue to progress, move forward, and I'm going to make a plan for how to get the best outcomes. So when a person self-governs, they look at the cause and effect of every given situation, and then they look at themselves and point themselves in the direction to get the best effects for the actions that they make. One of the first things that I ever did as a young girl to learn self-government for myself, and I, I didn't know that's what I was learning, was I learned to conquer my lying. Yeah, from what I remember, you're telling me that you, know, you were a pretty good liar when you were younger, which I don't know if there is such thing as a good liar. Lying is lying never and really good. good but. <laughs> yeah, lying and good don't really go together. So yeah, saying that is, is like, a, it's irony. Yeah. Right? Good means godlike. Maybe, maybe skilled, <laughs> skilled liar. <laughs> I had practiced the skill way too much. Experienced liar. Yeah, experience. That would be a better way to say it. Anyway, I had a lying problem, and one day a friend of mine said, "Hey, Nicolene, we all know you're a liar. We don't believe anything that you say." And my world just crumbled around me. I didn't know that everyone knew I was a liar. Why for all these years did no one tell me that they knew, you know, this, the thing is, is I knew, I absolutely knew I was a liar. I didn't want to give up the lying, but I knew. So she told me that they didn't believe anything that I said. And then I thought, okay, well, I suppose I'm going to finally have to conquer this because now I don't have any friends. And, and I didn't think of it. How old were you this time? So optimistically, I was about 14 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had probably been lying since I was six. I had been lying to school Dang. teachers, parents, friends, everybody. And um, even though I did well in school, I thought so much of it was a waste of time. I would, you know, forge my parents' names, do all these things. You know, I was always doing lies just to get, things worked out how I wanted them to be. You know, I was strong-willed. I saw things pretty clearly. And I also saw that there were certain things that I felt like were pointless. So I just get out of them, you know, <laughs> anyway, I, sometimes that's what, that's what people do. And that's what I did, but I knew I had a lying problem because every time it was my turn to teach a spiritual lesson to the family or something, cause we had little spiritual times. Every single time I would teach the story of Danny and the lie monster and how when you lie, you turn into a monster. And, and I kept trying to convince myself to not lie, but try as I might, I could not teach myself not to lie. Um, I kept going and going. And then finally, my friend said that to me that one day and I went, okay, I've got to fix this. And I went to my room and I thought and I thought and I planned and I planned. And it was truly the hardest thinking I'd ever done at that, at that stage in my life. I had never so thought so deeply or so hard about something. Yeah. And I know at that age, like, especially if you go into that mode, sometimes it can be really deep and reflective. I remember being, you know, 14 or 15 and I'd be looking into a mirror and I just have all these deep, deep thoughts coming and like they were. I was kind of surprised, but yeah, so I can see how you would really go into a big reflective moment. Yeah. So I did. I was, I mean, it was hours and hours that night. I remember. And, and I decided this is it. I am not lying again. And I've got to make a plan for how to not lie again. So I made myself a little skill set, and I decided that every time I was, I felt the craving to talk that I would stop myself. And then I would ask myself a question. And this question that I would ask in my head was, 
is this the truth? And if the answer was yes, that, that it was the truth, then I would go ahead and say whatever it was exactly in the exact true way. But if it was not the truth, then I would tell myself not to talk and I would turn and I would walk away and I would go and do something else and talk to somebody else. So I taught myself how to get rid of the lying thoughts. And I still remember hitting a day when I went, I haven't had to stop myself from lying today. And that liberating feeling that comes when you have conquered a problem that has been plaguing you for years. Because before that, I would lie sometimes without even knowing I was lying until afterward. And as soon as the word came out of my mouth, I'd be like, that was a lie. And I, I didn't even premeditate any of the lies. It, would just, it just became so habitual that, you know, it was very hard to stop. And really what we're talking about here is stop, stopping thoughts. Now, this podcast is about telling the truth to yourself. Now, that story was about me telling the truth to other people, but it was also about me telling the truth to myself. So often we lie. Paige, have you ever told yourself a lie about yourself or oh, yeah. anything else? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, obviously, it isn't necessarily intentional, but I know that especially my first couple semesters of college, I told myself no one's ever going to love me because I was, <laughs> I was desperate to have a boyfriend, you know, the, like as, as soon as I turned 18, I'm like, ah, oh, this would be great. And um, when boys didn't want to go down that route with me, um, then I told myself, oh, no one's ever going to love me. Right. And it was a lie. It was like a total lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've told myself lies about things before. I, I can honestly say that doesn't happen to me very often anymore. In fact, I don't even remember the last time it's happened, but I do, or I have done in the past different lies about the way I look or about how I think other people are reacting or responding to me, just like you're talking about. Um, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I remember when I was young, oh, I'm bad at math. I'm bad at math. And telling myself something that actually wasn't true. I'm actually really good at problem solving, but there was a time when math was difficult for me, but that didn't mean that I was necessarily going to be bad at it forever. But I held on to that for the longest time. So we tell ourselves things. We make assumptions about ourselves and other people that mislead us and, and even them. Actually, we we sell ourselves a little bit short. And these all start in our brains with a thought or maybe a feeling. So sometimes we get a feeling like we're disappointed in ourselves or maybe the feeling that you experienced when you were in college that, that first little bit years ago, which, you know, everyone needs to know you're just so happily married to the cutest guy yes. ever. <laughs> anyway, um, but that you you know, in that first little time, it was like, I really, I really want to feel this. I want to feel having a boyfriend. Right. And well, yeah, that it, had that before. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. So then you felt sad, dejected, you know, a mm -hmm. little bit. And so that, that feeling then led to this thought that you had. And 
then if you sit and think about that thought again and again and again, it creates worry, stress. And then when you feel the worry and the stress, guess what? You start to think that the thought is true. Because it's producing emotions. Yes, because you're feeding the thought. And the more and more you think about the thought, the more you think, um, this is just a truth about me and there's nothing I can do about it. This is just the way it is. And then you make excuses and you change your behavior. I have met people before who say, oh, well, well, I'm never going to find a guy. I'm, I just don't want to get married. I just, whatever it is. And they just say stuff like that because they have fed that thought so much that they think finding happiness in a, a relationship, like a husband and wife relationship is just out of reach. And so they might as well accept it and create a new story for themselves, even if it's not their happiest story, even if it's not what they actually want. Um, but it's because they fed themselves lies and stories about who they are that aren't necessarily true. So you cannot, you cannot govern yourself without truth. You can't. So Paige, when you think about self-government and truths, what are some of the truths that we focus on when we learn to govern ourselves? Well, we focus on honesty, obviously, you know, that's the biggest part of truth. Truth is, you know, being true to yourself and making sure that you are honest with what's going on inside of you, even if you don't like it. I have to stop you because you said be true to yourself and this statement can be misconstrued. Oh, I know. That's why I said like, you have to be honest with yourself and honest with what you're analyzing going on inside of yourself, especially with people who have conflicting thoughts. Um, you know, maybe about, well, it doesn't even matter, but it's not being swayed by bias or outside opinion when you do analyzation. Yeah. So some people think true to yourself means if I have a feeling I have to, I have to just follow that no matter what I have to follow my feeling and I can't ever like, just because I felt it, it's true. So that's the true me. And so that's being true to yourself. But what you're talking about is you're saying that when a person is true to themselves, then they're saying, wait a minute, who am I? Like, who am I really? What do I know? What are the self-evident truths about me? Let's see. I've got parents. I'm a child I, or I, I'm a parent. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a spouse. I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm a boy. I'm a, you know, what is true about me? Okay. So then what do I do with, with the thoughts that I'm having? Do they match that truth about me? Are they going to lead me to become a better version of me? Or are they going to distract me? Are they going to get in the way? Are they going to make me feel like a victim of my circumstances? You know, because there's, there's thoughts that are healthy and feelings that are healthy and then thoughts and feelings that are not healthy. And, and they're actually not really the true you because the true you for everyone is you all have potential. Everyone yeah. can do anything. Well, and that, that, that whole thing is diluted these days because people are like, you know, just you do you. That's a very popular phrase. Um, and emotions do get in the way of that a lot. But a lot of people are out of practice of searching for the actual truth 
you know, the thing that cannot be refuted. You know, there are many topics of debate, especially lately, that are kind of contradicting of that theory of finding the actual truth, you know, things that transcend what is happening in society or what people think is right, but things that are actually right, good, and true. Yeah. So Paige, I got to tell you about a friend of mine. I've got a friend who has anxiety. Um, And in talking to this friend, they mentioned, you know, what it feels like to have this perpetual anxiety that, that comes at them, you know, almost every single day, they start feeling anxious about certain things. And I know, you know, there's different, you know, different levels of anxiety that people have and whatever. And I'm not going to get into all that, but this friend has some pretty consistent anxieties about themselves. And um, they were talking about how they handle this. And as they were talking about how they handle this, I thought, this is so self-governed. This person maybe doesn't even know it, but they are governing themselves so well because they're doing key things. Number one, the person knows when they feel the anxiety. They know, oh, that's anxiety. And they know exactly what it feels like. Number two thing is they, when they feel the anxiety, they automatically, they label it. That's anxiety. Instead of going, oh no, no, no. And, and diving into the anxiety because they know what it feels like now they can stop themselves. Just like I did with lying for myself when I was young, they can stop themselves and they can say that's anxiety. So remember in my story, I stopped myself and said, is this the truth? Well, they stop themselves and they say, this is anxiety. Is this a truth? No, I have now analyzed enough about anxiety that I know this is not a truth. It's true that I'm feeling anxiety, but this anxiety is not, a ma- is not manifesting any truth. So then immediately this friend of mine starts challenging their anxiety and challenging their anxious thoughts and saying, um, it's the anxiety isn't true. This is just a craving. It's a habit I have to jump into this, this anxious feeling. It's a reaction that I'm feeling because maybe it reminds me of something else, but I, but I am not going to declare this anxiety as, as true. And so then what this friend does is they focus on the truth. Well, what is the truth? Well, let's see. Um, I am capable of doing all kinds of things. Right now, I can do this. I can give myself an instruction to go and do this, to step out of my comfort zone, even when maybe I would feel anxious uh, for stepping out of that comfort zone. Or, Or I am going to tell myself to think this thought instead of this thought. You know, maybe the, maybe someone feels anxious about their looks and, um, and somebody says, I look ugly, I look ugly. And then, cause that's the anxiety talking. And then maybe the person has told themselves ahead of time. No, if I ever start feeling that I am not going to think, I think I am ugly. I'm ugly. I'm going to immediately say, wait a minute, stop thinking that. What is the truth here? The truth is that every person looks different, that ugly is just a subjective thing, that I'm comparing my looks to who knows who, and that there are times when I know I look better than others. 
and I can make myself look better right now. Or um, I have done a great job of trying to look the very best I can. And I need to be happy with that. I need to tell myself that I did a good job because um, every person can only look as good as they can look, right? And that's it. Okay, so, so you know, what, about, what about those people who haven't been trained to think like this, where their whole life, maybe they grew up with a very um, a dysfunctional family or they didn't receive that emotional mental training? What are they going to do? Because this is definitely a process where you have to be able to analyze and recognize what's mm-hmm. going on inside. So what if someone has never been trained to look for those things and see and find those untruths? Well, I think it's really important that a person sit down with themselves and they say, okay, what's the thought that I keep getting trapped in? You know, maybe it's a thought like, oh, my husband, you know, thinks I'm fat or my husband, you know, is what I mean, it could be any thought. It could be like, my kids don't care, you know, or they're all selfish or what, you know, some little thought that's toxic that jumps into my mind then what I need to do is I need to sit down and I need to write at the top. The thought I keep having is blah, 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 blah. And you write it out. And then I would draw a big line under it, dark, bold line. And then I would say, the truth is, the truth about my child is, or the truth about my parent is, or the truth about me and my potential is. And I would literally focus on the light and the real true things. Let's see if it was about my child. Children are, um, they struggle with selfishness more than adults. They're immature. They are used to being cared for. And so sometimes they start being demanding, you know, whatever, whatever the issue is, that is the thought that's popping into your head. You have to write out the truth. And then, and then you have, because once you spell it all out, or maybe you talk to a trusted friend, if you can't find the truth on your own, because I think that's what you're also getting at pages that some people, even if they were to write it down, might not be able to get to the truth on their own. Right. So then you need to talk to a person that truly does love you you know, and it's probably going to be your parents or unless they were, you know, kind of not on track, but usually it's going to be someone who really has your best interest at heart. Someone Maybe, you admire. Yeah. Somebody who, you know, always says good things to you. That's going to be a good person to go talk to. And you say, um, okay, I want you to tell me the truth because this thought keeps coming into my head and it ruins my day. So I know it's a lie, but I need to know the true things to think. And if that person already has been noticing all the good things about you, they're going to be able to tell you the truths you're not seeing. And so that's going to be a good person to talk to. Or you can write it down on the list and then say, okay, now when this thought comes, I'm going to immediately tell myself that thought is a lie that I keep buying into. It's not true. The truth is children are still learning and it's okay to be patient with them during the learning process. It's okay you know, or whatever you need to tell yourself in that minute. Honestly, this is important for every interaction that we have with ourselves and with other people. But that dialogue that goes on with inside your own head, that dialogue, if it is not true, will lead you to destroying your relationships. It will help, it will make it so that you feel entitled, like you deserve and stuff. Yeah, all and then you start making assumptions that legitimately are not true. Yeah. And then your feelings become so important and so 
you know, powerful in your life that you absolutely have to follow them every time. Yeah, that's how people become anorexic or obese or, you know, those different issues because they've seen, they have these mental thoughts like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I don't look good. I'm too fat, you know, so I need to stop eating or, you know, maybe, oh, I don't, I don't let myself know and cares about me. So, but I really like this cheesecake. So I'm just going to eat it every day, you know, to help mm-hmm. calm my feelings. Um, and so it's, those thoughts are very, very influential. Um, and, you know, just like in my case, I had the biggest fear for a long time that no one was ever going to, you know, romantically love me just the way that I was and, you know, the way that I still am. Cause I consider, you know, I used to consider myself, you know, I'm not like the bell of the ball. Um, you know, I'm not that super slim person that, you know, all the boys seem to want. And so I had to convince myself that, especially when I started dating my husband, that yeah, he loved me just the way I was. And that was so key. And I'm like, that's the truth. Like he truly does love me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to see the truth in that, you know, sometimes it's, it's still fun to hear him say, I love you, you know, and I, I, I play around and, you know, make it a surprise every time he'll say, I love you. I'm like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> so it's just kind of a thing that we do, but it keeps it new and fun and fresh for me every time. Um, mm-hmm. Just as a reminder that like, yeah, he really does. He really does love me for exactly who I am. Obviously, I should, you know, always be trying to improve myself and, you know, become better, a better person, you know, whatever. But there, those, those feelings that I had were unjustified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you bring up something really important. So my cousin, Bob, he is just an amazing guy and he, um, because uh, I have to give credit where credit's due here. I'm going to share two principles that, that Bob shares that I love. So Bob struggles with gender dysphoria and he talks about what he goes through in his mind to make sure that he doesn't fixate and get going in the wrong direction. He says there's a process called the snowball process. So if you think one thought, whether it's a negative thought or a thought like I need, I want, I want, I want, you know, whatever it is. And if you feed it, then you'll want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it just snowballs. But, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about these positive interactions with your husband, that actually those positive things also snowball. So when, when you are thinking, okay, this person loves me just the way I am. I love myself just the way I am. Then the next time you talk about that love, it snowballs into something even greater and even greater. Just so you know, Paige, when your love is really good, it's, you never get tired of hearing, I love you. You never do. It's like, it's like, ah, I mean, it's like the sweetest things that that somebody could ever say is to say, I love you. And, and so that snowball, it just becomes bigger, better. A hundred times a day, which it is in my case. (laughs) Awesome. Love the newlywed life. Okay. Um, But another, another principle that I want to share as far as like conquering the negative snowball effect is um, my friend, not my friend. This is my cousin, actually, Bob, who I was mentioning talks about guardrails and he says you know when you have to overcome a hard thing like what he has been working on for years and years of his life and and you know strengthening himself in just such a heroic way that you have to have um guardrails for yourself you know so he says you can't allow yourself 
to go to a place where you're going to just get stuck in a snowball and everything's going to get worse, worse, worse for you. You've got to stay focused on the long view of things and you've got to make this plan for yourself that's going to you got to say, wait, this is the danger zone. If I go in this, you know, off this path, that's the danger zone. And I think it's when you start getting into lies and hype and whatever, that he's decided that the stuff that he deals with, you know, within himself, it's very unique. He has to create his own guardrails. He's not going to allow himself to go off the path into doing things that would hurt himself, hurt his family. He he's decided to keep this long view of what he wants for his life and his family. And I just, I honor him for that. I mean, I just feel like what an incredible thing for a person to do, to not just think of themselves and their feelings, but to think of a, a big picture of what he wants for his life and for his family and to make these guard, put these guardrails in place, these lines he won't cross over. Now in the teaching self-government language, we call that setting up no answers for yourself where you say, okay, well, what won't, where's my boundaries? What won't yeah. I do? What thought will I not entertain? Well, and that's, and that's yeah. one of our four basic skills. So you have to be able to get those skills for yourself and then set those boundaries. Yeah. And so you have to say to yourself, okay, when I think nobody cares about me, that's a lie. And so I have to tell myself, I'm not going to think that thought. So that's a no answer. As soon as I start thinking, nobody cares about helping out around here. I'm doing this all by myself. I tell myself, wait, stop. That's a lie. Husband just worked the whole day. The children are learning and growing. People are just getting a little selfish right now because what's really happening? Okay, people are feeling a little lazy. Maybe they're a little hungry, whatever it is. And we just need to handle that. So it is a skill to be able to tell yourself, no, don't think that. Okay, now let's focus on the truth and let's do think that. So stating the truth is huge. Okay, um, stopping yourself. Don't feed, don't feed the negative thoughts because then you get a really big snowball that just you can't stop after a while. And and make guardrails for yourself. Know where the lines you won't cross in your own head. When you get a thought that takes you in a bad place, don't cross the line. Just tell yourself, that's the thought. And I'm not crossing it. I'm going to focus on the truth. So then you state the truth. So there's a three-step process for you. Don't feed the bad thoughts. Don't feed them. Don't feed them. Stop yourself. Have a guardrail in place. And then state the truth again and again. And the more you can state the truth to yourself, the less that you will fall into those habits that you don't like. Mm -hmm. Get a positive snowball going. Exactly. Exactly. The positive snowball. Those truths really go in that direction. Well, everybody, I hope that you are more motivated to tell the truth to yourself. If you want more information about skills, principles, of self-government, you can go to teachingselfgovernment.com. There is so much there to help. In fact, I know that some of you might be listening to this real time. In February 19th, 2021, there is an emotions event that is right along these lines that you're going to probably want to be paying attention to. So join me for that. The early bird pricing is happening right now. And if you're hearing this later, um, it's probably available afterward on the site. I don't know if it will be, but, but maybe go looking <laughs> for it. Anyway, um, there we go. So thank you for joining us for the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.